Welcome to the favorites, the podcast from the Action Network. I am Chad Millman. The biggest bets in the sports world right now are taking place not in sports books, not amongst friends, not on street corners, in delis, in alleys, wherever else sports betting could take place. They are happening on a small, still in beta platform called Top Shot. What the bleep is Top Shot? We discussed this last week on the show with Darren Ravel and Simon Hunter. And we have an interview with the CEO of Top Shot and Darren that's later on in the show. The other night, Darren had the uh, CEO of Top Shot on his buyer's market show that we do sponsored by eBay, all about memorabilia and sort of the the NFT non-fungible token space and sort of how this market is blowing up. At that point, the concurrence on his show were close to 6,000. 6,000 people watching at one time, which is a huge number on Twitter. Uh, and our first guest today, our first guest today has already paid the most money ever for a digital highlight on Top Shot. And that has already been broken. That record has already been broken. And he is now trying to turn a $1,000 investment into $100,000 on Top Shot. He's going to come up in a few minutes, a few minutes. He's also got a great Action Network story. One of my favorite people, one of my favorite former Action Network employees. But first, my co-host, my brother from another, my BFF, your wise guy guide to the galaxy that is the wonderful world of betting on sports, Mr. Simon Hunter. Hello. Hello, Chad. What's going on, brother? Hey, remember last week when you and Darren were talking and you guys kicked me off afterward to keep talking about Pokemon cards? The show was over and like you guys got so into it and the conversation about your Pokemon cards that you guys just had to keep talking on the Zoom. Yeah, he was just showing off. You know, Darren is. It was pretty amazing. He was just pulling out his collection of cards. He bought um, he bought a bunch of cards that are graded one. So it'd be like, I mean, he was pulling out cards from like the 1940s and 50s. I, they're so sick. I mean, like Darren, obviously people know Darren collects. His collection is just unreal. Like he, he, has, he has like the rookie MJ. He just has everything. I'm just like, I can't believe you just have this in your house. I keep any good card I have that's worth over 10K, I just keep it in a lockbox at a bank. It, it's like cool to go check out, but I'm just so paranoid about even keeping it around me in my house. But uh, Darren was just pulling out the work. So it was just hilarious because it was just all right next to his computer. So he's just pulling out thousands of dollars worth of memorabilia. Like it's just nothing. It was hilarious. Wow. Imagine being in a Zoom meeting with Darren, which I am often, and in the middle of a Zoom meeting, he will he will interrupt the conversation that has nothing to do with anything that he's thinking about and start showing the tickets that he's bought to the, you know, the uh, 1980 miracle on ice game in the middle of nowhere. He'll just like hold it up to the camera as close as it can get and start showing it to people. But I do want to remind people, you know, you and Darren in your ongoing geek fest love affair, uh, you, you mentioned you have a lockbox with all these different Pokemon cards that are going crazy in value. And uh, you and Darren on Thursday night on at Action Network HQ on Twitter, you will be reviewing the Pokemon cards you have in your lockbox. And we will find out Geraldo Rivera style. Of course, nobody knows what that is, but Geraldo Rivera style, uh, what you have and how much it's worth. How excited are you? What do you think you have? If you find out you have 
half a million dollars worth of cards in that lockbox. What are you going to do with it? No, no. I mean, best case scenario is I, w- I was a maniac as a child. So first case, you're looking for condition. Um, so the only card I saw because it was flipped over was base set, which is like they basically have a f- first editions came out. Then second ever release was base set. So I'm just hoping it's not a box full of like throwaway cards, like cards I put in this box because they were no good back in like 20 years ago. Cause that would just be hilarious. If we do this live bit and I'm just pulling out, um, <laughs> basically just pulling out like cards that are just worthless. Uh, but I'm going to, I'm pretty sure I'll find something good. Basically when I got these cards, I got a bunch of first edition, a bunch of base. So like over the years, just going through my stuff, like stuff I packed from high school and put down in the basement or like stuff my brothers packed up from college or high school and they put in the basement. And I mean, man, I, I like I found a first edition um, Charizard, which is they're going for like 350K right now. But guess what I did? I wrote SH on the back of the card when I was a little kid because I had cards stolen. So like, this is something I did in like third or fourth grade. So that was pretty devastating when I flipped it over and I saw that back, but I, I've had some good pulls, so it's made up for it. But that, that one I'm eventually still going to sell. Cause I, I still don't think people care or I'll just keep it as a piece of art. Like I'll put it into like a, a nice little thing, the artwork to hang up. Cause it is worth like, if it was mint, which it was besides my name and there's a little bit of whitening on one corner that people are buying it for right now for $350,000. So yeah, pretty sickening when I flipped it over and saw my initials. Oh my God. That makes me sick to my stomach. Uh, before, yeah. we get to our, before we get to our top shot guest, um, I do want to, and people need to know what's going on in top shot. It's insanity. Yesterday, uh, a top shot digital highlight sold for $208,000. Um <laughs> So before we get to our top shot guest, uh, I do want to have one quick take. Carson Wentz to the Colts. Big news, leaving Philly. Happy for you. Maybe you care. Maybe you don't. Maybe you were you wanted him to stay. Maybe you want Jalen Hurst to be the quarterback. I don't know. You're a Philly fan, Eagles fan. Did not really move the number. What is your take on Carson Wentz to the Colts and uh, Super Bowl futures? I mean, it shifted it from 25 to 1 to what, 22 to 1, I think. I mean, a little bit, a little bit. So basically from my standpoint, like them and the the Dolphins, we talked earlier, both teams, I'm invested about two grand each into them to win 50 K each on both teams. So it's teams I'm definitely interested in. Um, The Carson Wentz move is just interesting from every standpoint. Uh, The Eagles just gave up on a guy they claimed was their franchise quarterback exactly a year at this time. They, They literally just paid him and now they're letting him go. So as an Eagles fan, I'm, I have to put faith into Howie Roseman, who I honestly have zero faith in. So I don't know. It, it, maybe it's the right move and Hertz will be good. But just statistically, Hertz is not good. And he has flash plays, so maybe he'll work out. And he will get better statistically. But right now, just looking on paper, he's not good, but he's a rookie. So I, I'm going to throw out last year, and I'm going to give him this next year to really show me what he has. But with Wentz, it's just interesting all around with the Colts. They're, they're literally committed now. They have to pay him this money. So – it might work out where they're going to get a great deal if he's good because they're only paying him about 25, 22 a year um, to be their quarterback. And for the upcoming season, I love everything about it. This is a team that's going to have a ton of cap room and all these other teams aren't going to have cap space. Basically, the cap's coming down. So these middle tier free agents that would be getting big money, 
they might end up just going to the Colts for a pretty good deal. Not a, not what they were going to get before last year, but I, I just think they can, they're going to be able to fill in a lot of these holes on this team that doesn't have many holes. So for me on these early bets, I did, I did like that move for them. I'm pretty, pretty happy about my early bet on the Colts. All right. All right. I guess I might have to get in on the Colts at 22 to one then. Uh <laughs> Let's get to our guest. Should we sign it? Our guest today, Jack Settleman. I can't believe I'm having freaking Jack Settleman in my podcast. Because before Jack was at a million followers on Snap, before he was a big time influencer, before he had a really big podcast, he was just a kid. He was just a kid who was a student at the University of Texas who applied to the Action Network. We were a year old. He wanted to be on our social team. And we fucking hired him. It was his first job out of college. It's like two years ago. And then he was so good. We made him the head of all of social. And then two weeks later, he quit. Two weeks later, <laughs> uh, two weeks later, right before the NFL season, fucking Judas, he quit on us. And I was on vacation. To this day, I believe that Jack quit when I was on vacation because he knew I would convince him to stay and it would keep him from all of his dreams. Uh, Jack Settleman, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well. I was a student at the University of Texas. I did read Chad Millman's book in under 24 hours to prep for an interview with him. I did do all of those things. So that is true. I appreciate it. And now I'm having you on this very popular podcast. True story. Yesterday... I was on a call with uh, folks from the Churning Group, you know, who are our lead investors at Action Network. And um, I mentioned, and we were, we were uh, Top Shot had come up, and I mentioned I was going to do a Top Shot pod today. And I described who I was having on the podcast, but I didn't mention your name. And one of the Churning guys said to me, Jack Settleman? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. He goes, that kid was my neighbor. <laughs> And now you're a very popular influencer, how the tables have turned. Uh, In 30 seconds or less, other than your time with Action Network, um, describe to people how you became the influencer that you are. Well, I live two lives. One is on Twitter, and that's everyone knows me for Top Shot betting, stuff like that. And then my real company is Snapback Sports, which I built uh, essentially SportsCenter on Snapchat which is used to watch an hour of sports center on Saturday mornings. Now kids are watching three, three minutes um, and then build out content from that. Got onto every single platform and just connecting with the next generation of sports. And, but like, why did yours work? Everyone's trying to do that. What did you do that worked? I went to where people were not, first of all. So everyone was Instagram and Twitter. I went to Snapchat. So first mover advantage there. And then secondly, I think connected with the community. So you see a lot of companies, they can build page views, they can build um, viewership, but can they build community and true audience? And what social media was supposed to do was connect us to athletes. And like LeBron was supposed to be replying to other NBA fans. He's never doing that in a million years. Whereas I'm actually answering fans back, responding to their opinions. Like Stephen A goes on first take 
he talks for an hour and then he's not going back and forth with his audience. And I'm actually doing that. And I think they appreciate that. On top of that, sports centers posting through an unbiased lens and sports fans are the most biased fans in the world. It's the reason <laughs> why, you know, why they're obsessed with these guys. So I'm posting a lot of stuff through a Ravens lens. I went to UT. So Texas is back is commonly on the channel and people troll and it makes people more tuned in to the rave. Like when Lamar Jackson threw the interception, in the first quarter against the Titans, more people tuned into my channel and my reaction than they did for the Super Bowl because they want to be there to see how I post about it and talk about it. They want to troll me. They want to get excited about it. So I think the true connection with the community is a key. Wait, 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 wait. You just basically said that more people tuned into you after that Lamar Jackson interception in the playoffs then tuned into the Super Bowl. For, for, for my audience specifically, I'm saying they were more interested in okay. that moment. Yeah, no, I do not, I do not have more viewership than the, uh, than the Super Bowl, but I did have my Super Bowl moment, which was I was the only video that filmed the Gatorade shower because as my history says, I've worked at the Action Network. I know that's a highly bet prop and I knew to cover that. So uh, I did get a lot on that on that day. And it came full circle, Jack, because in that moment, uh, our story was ranking first on Google for what color was the Gatorade. We had massive amounts of users on the page. And uh, I believe we were using a picture that we might have grabbed from your video. It's, it's all good. <laughs> That's to pay back to us. Yeah, exactly. For those those who didn't listen to the podcast last week, uh, we want to talk a little bit about Top Shot because it really is this risk-driven, speculative market. It is the equivalent for sports betting. It's completely analogous. And it basically, Top Shot is a marketplace. You go online and it offers these digital highlights, you know, five-second digital highlights that get encrypted and you can try to get packs um, Top Shot will release new packs, uh, or you can buy individual hi- highlights and you can sell individual highlights in this marketplace. And in this marketplace, there are hundreds of highlights, thousands of highlights. Some of them are very rare. Some of them are common. They all have different sort of values that are set by the market, right? So I could go on and try to buy a Zach Levine dunk and it could be one price. And then 24 hours later, it could be triple the price and it would happen. And then we're going to get into that. But in the past 60 days, the prices on these things have exploded. And it's been in line with what has been happening in the memorabilia market, in the crypto market, in the NFT, non-fungible token market, kind of crypto kitties, which is what started that. Um, in the last 30 days, I think there's been $63 million in trades that have happened yesterday. This is Tuesday. On Monday, I mentioned a LeBron highlight sold for $208,000. Of the 10 highest prices paid for top shot highlights, five have been since February 21st. And Jack, you helped get the ball rolling here. You, You either started a market or you have created an industry that will kills sports memorabilia because <laughs> you paid what was it about a 47.5 yeah about about 50 grand for a lebron or lebron highlight not even a month ago explain what happened 
explain the situation. Tell people what you did. So I got into physical cards in March really heavily. I loved it. I love this concept of, you know, I came from you guys, sports betting I love, but it's a zero sum game. So my best example is like, you could have said that Mahomes or Russ Wilson was going to have a great year and bet him for MVP. But even if they finish second, you're left with nothing. So sports cards kind of mitigate that risk. They obviously mitigate the upside as well. So I really dove into cards, investing in players. Everyone's always been like, oh, I think this rookie is going to be a stud. I think this one's going to be a stud, but you can't put your money where your mouth is unless you bet them to win rookie of the year, which in case it's another zero sum game. So I love the concept of them. And then when I got into the logistics of it, that's kind of where my love for it fell off and why Top Shot replaced it. So I have a bunch of cards right here next to me and like 80 cards, right? but I can't sell them individually. eBay fees, eBay shipping. I got to pack them up. I got to go send them out. I got to receive them, do all that stuff. So you can't really trade them. You can only trade them at scale. So when Top Shot came along and I was like, I can, I mean, the liquidity, the instant gratification of it all, it makes sense to me. And there's the immediate hurdle of digital ownership. If you can't get over that, then you're never going to get top shot. You're not going to get NFTs. I've been shocked at the amount of people who have gotten digital ownership like that. The players get it instantly. Even uh, the older generation, a lot of people are getting it instantly. So that's, that's a hurdle that has to be you have to overtake, like, why can't I just record it on YouTube? Like it, I get why people say that, but once you figure that out, it's pretty simple. So I hopped into top shot. I, once I finally got it, I really got it. And I was like, this is the future. This is, you know, and stuff started to go up. The community was great. And then it got to the point where, um, I was like, this feels like it could hit levels that, you know, are, are not there yet because they're partnered with the NBA. I think the players are going to be into it. They built the model really smart and who better to own than LeBron James. So at the time, I think the biggest sale was 35, 40 K. Um, we picked a moment that we thought was the best moment on the platform, which is these moments. They're like, LeBron has his rookie uh, or has his first moment, which is kind of his rookie card of the platform. It's just a random dunk against the Kings. This other moment from series one is a dunk. That's a tribute to Kobe Bryant. So it felt like that's the thing with these cards. Like LeBron's rookie card is just an image of him shooting a fadeaway jumper. It's not actually special. So when people are like, Oh, that LeBron dunk against the Kings isn't a, a famous play from him. Correct. But neither is his rookie card. But I do think you get the added bonus of if you can find the player's first moment and it's a special moment, you kind of got a double there. So we bought the number 23 serial, which matches this jersey. And uh, I genuinely believe that we wouldn't sell it. I, I invested with a bunch of a bunch of friends who got in it uh, for less than a million dollars to LeBron James. Like, I think it's worth more than that already today. But the goal was to sell it to LeBron and it'd be like a cool thing. And uh, Simon, I want to let you jump in in case you have a question. But how much did you pay for it? You, you, you paid $50,000. Yeah. How how many top shots had you bought at that point? And how many, how much had you paid for them in total or individually? Like what was your yeah. biggest? It's, a, it's a good question. The tracking of it because it's digital should be easier, but it's not because some stuff was all in packs and you were just paying nine bucks, 14 bucks, 30 bucks for packs. Um, at that point, 
I forget if I had put more, I, I went on a little spending spree, I think actually after, like I was more convicted. Uh, I had more conviction after we made that buy, but previous to it, I would say I put in 10, $15,000 to it. And it just, it just really clicked. And then I, I was willing to this, I took my Bitcoin money. I had made some money off of Bitcoin and I was like, I'm willing to sell a Bitcoin to get this moment. And I told my friends about it, went on a couple calls with them. Like I, I would have bought it by myself, but I thought it'd be fun to include other people. So uh, we got other people in, spent a little more, but I'm probably in for the same amount I am on physical cards. Um, but one is returned significantly more up to this date. I haven't sold anything. So everyone checks my profile and they're like, oh, you made so much money. No, not really. I haven't made any money to this point. Uh, so, Jack, how old are you, man? I'm 24. God, dude, everyone hates you right now. You're just living <laughs> the dream, bro. 24 years old. Good for you, man. Um, yeah, dude. So basically, I, I didn't know nothing about it. So Peter Jennings, I think he he posted about it. Um, it might have been January. And I bought like because it was different then, dude. Like I, I would go on and it was easy to buy packs. Yeah. Honestly, like I tried to go on, we did a show last week and I couldn't, I, I got so frustrated after an hour. I was like, all right, I'm out. This is insane right now. But basically say I have five packs and I have like a couple of good cards. I have like a Trey young card. Uh, I have some good ones. It, what's, what, what, what's the deal? Like you're viewing it right now. Like is someone uh, that's obviously you're in it for the long term. It, it, someone like me, should I be selling these and buying more packs off that? Like, cause I can't pull money off. Obviously. Like I know a lot of people complain about that. I think they're just doing that. So people aren't laundering money and like, they want to make sure they, they check in on people's money yeah. illegally. Yeah. I get all that. Um, I just don't know what to do. Cause this is just insane right now. Like Chad just talked about what you just bought for 50 K is no joke. It probably is worth 500 K right now, which yeah. is just insane. Cause it was such a short period. Like I, I just wonder how you view this whole thing going forward. So, so I know we're going to talk about my challenge, but um, the overarching theme is I'm so bad at timing the market. Like I got pinned as this, right? Like, like young genius boy, because I put a lot of money in and I completely missed on like nine out of 10 decisions I made. I, I haven't sold anything. So that's been a successful decision, but I thought loading up on the studs was going to be the best way to do it. It turns out if you had just loaded up on all the $1, $2, $3 moments that all went, I mean, they went from three to a hundred, two bucks to 80, you know? So like I'm only making two X, three X returns on some of these studs. Cause I bought them at such a high, I thought that the high price stuff and the really scarce stuff and the unique stuff would be the ones that have value. And I do believe in that long-term, but in the short term, I missed on that. And then in the challenge, so the challenge was I had seen the crazy return. So I was like, I had a thousand bucks in my Dapper balance. I was like, I'll try to turn it into a hundred K. Jack, you just mentioned Dapper Labs. So Dapper owns Top Shot, which is the company that is creating this marketplace for, for NBA digital highlights. Later on in the show, Ravel did an interview with Roham Garagoslu, who is the CEO of Dapper Labs. So, and a lot of the stuff that we've mentioned and sort of dropped here, which might be hard for people who are hearing about this for the first time to really understand is not being able to get your money out, frustration with the platform, uh, frustration with, with depositing money, frustration with being able to buy packs, all those things. 
Darren like goes pretty deep with with Roham about these things. It's a really fascinating interview. Um, but one of the reasons I wanted Jack to come on is because you mentioned Oh, and Simon, you mentioned Peter Jennings. Just so people know, Peter Jennings is one of the co-founders of Action. He founded Fantasy Labs. Action was formed partially by buying Fantasy Labs and two other companies. And so Peter is one of the founders. He was early in on Top Shot. And Jack, you mentioned someone had spent 35, 36 grand. That included Peter Jennings and Jonathan Mm -hmm. Bales, who are two of the co-founders of Action. So um, just a little context for for some of this conversation about this incredibly hot, speculative, high-risk market. You are trying to turn $1,000 into $100,000. How are you going to do it? (laughs) So my first buy was a Zach Levine metallic gold. And I like the moment. It's one of the best plays of his career. And he was, I was trying to do it quickly. So his next three games were in prime time. He played LaMelo, LeBron, Celtics. So it sold within 24 hours for 1200 bucks. So I'm like, nice, 20% return, right? In 24 hours, pretty much anyone I know would have taken that before before this year, right? So I turned that 1200 into Beal. And that's the first time that we had seen a market correction. So for three weeks, it did not sell. Everything was down 10, 20, 30, 40%. Um, I held everything throughout. And then three weeks later, I end up checking and it sold for 1600. So after the fee, I bought a Luka Doncic Cool Cat. So one of the really cool parts about Top Shot is the gamification of it. So once again, a lot of people grew up collecting sets of baseball cards, football cards, basketball cards, teams. You would try and get all the players on the team from a specific year. But because it's physical, you can't really redeem or reward anything. That's the thing about digital. You can actually add in extra moments on top and you can build these sets. They do it in video games all the time. Top Shot's taking advantage. So I knew that Cool Cat packs were dropping. Cool Cat uh, Master Challenge of LaMelo Ball, the hottest rookie on the site, was coming. So I, And you had to hold the Luka to, to get that. So I paid $1,500 for it uh, in 12 hours. It was up to two grand, And I was like about to get on a flight. I was like, I'm just going to lock this in. Once again, 33% profit in 12 hours. Um, so those are the first three moves of the challenge. The Zach Levine is up to $9,000 that I sold for $1,200. The Beal is at $5,500. And the Luca was up over $9K uh, yesterday. I am currently, after a couple more trades, I got a Jeremy Grant. Grant turned into Ingram. I'm sitting at about $3,300. So my point to Simon was that I am really bad at timing the market. Um, So I think that, you know, diversifying, holding the studs. Uh, If you're a believer, I'm a big believer in the platform, then that's kind of the way to do it. And everything has truthfully been going up, which is dangerous and unsustainable. But um, trying to time it is just, I've admitted, like, I can't do it at this point. Right. Yeah. Like, like I've only, I'm only like $120 in, like I bought really good packs and I got good players from it. But yeah, dude, like it's insane to think that I turned a hundred dollar investment into 10 grand in a month and a half, <laughs> thanks to Peter Jennings. But like, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's one of those where I literally, the only reason I did it was because exactly what you said. I said, you know what, this could have legs. But like what I said the last week to Darren, the reason I would put more money in is I don't really get the language of the contract they have with the NBA. Like my whole worry is 
next week we'll see they sign a deal with a company that's doing vintage cards and like i have to start getting in on that and like they'll just keep spiraling or there'll be more because right now they have the whole market it's one of these rare instances where they have a whole market Mm -hmm. and the people want to spend money like we're seeing it right now Mm -hmm. that people don't care what prices you're putting up there if they want it they're going to spend the money so that the market's dictated by the customer so that's why it's just interesting that you're talking about you're trying to build up from a thousand to a hundred thousand, you've had a couple of misses, but at the same time you have like you've, you've turned that money into three can and whatever it's been a couple yeah. of weeks. So, so it's so pretty I'll wild. Touch on, I'll touch on that because that was super important for me as well, which is like, what's the value of this NFT the second they lose a, a partnership with the NBA. And that's kind of the beauty of the whole thing and the genius behind it that they figured out. Um, there's no official number on record, but the belief is, so any sale in the marketplace, you get 5%, right? And Panini, who gets, uh, they license from the NBA. Now with the sports car, boom, you don't think the NBA is going to come to Panini and and ask for way more money nowadays, right? And they're not, right? They're not going to be able to say, they have no leverage in that situation. Whereas with Dapper, the 5% fee is allegedly cut in half. It's, it's definitely split. It's been confirmed it's split. But let's just say for sake of the argument, you've got a 2.5% goes to Dapper, 2.5% goes to the NBA. Once again, the cut that would then go to the NBA is profits. It's not just revenue, it's profits. They don't have to do anything. They've licensed it, right? So on a $50 million day, which they pretty much did yesterday, it got up to 48, 49 mil. Um, they're taking home about... Uh, $750,000 or something ridiculous. And over 300, over a year, if they did that daily, if it didn't even continue to grow, obviously the off season will have drops. The finals and playoffs will have ups. Let's say it averages to $50 million in transactions a day. The NBA is taking home like three, like 250, $350 million in profits a year. So they were a couple of years ago, they wanted new revenue streams. So they take on sports betting partners and they're integrating that. The Caesars or MGM deal was three years for 25 million. They're now going to have 10X in profits. Uh, it's more friendly for the NBA to talk about because it's not gambling. It's about positive player performance instead of potentially some negative, some positive. So you've now like fully incentivized the NBA to essentially print money. And that to me is like, they're not giving that up for anything. There's no reason to, to split market share and to renegotiate on that. Um, and then on top of that, I think what they're going to do, they're going to incentivize the players. So you take that 5% fee, you cut it up, you go 2.2, 2.2 and 0.1% on every transaction and give that to the players. So now LeBron James is talking about his moments, promoting top shot and every transaction on a LeBron moment, he's getting a small cut of, and he's now monetizing himself and it fully incentivizes the player. So you've just got this rocket ship of everyone is in it for the, for the same reason. And it's just going to be printing money. You can integrate to the games. You get like, that's another thing is the market cap, right? We, we draw comparisons to physical cards. So you have five, 5.5 billion in physical cards, but then you can look at sports betting. You got 220 billion in sports betting, but we can also touch VR, AR, video games, a differentiation of a stock market. Like there's just so many different possibilities and utility with this and the NBA is fully incentivized to push it over virtually everything else. But, but you just said what I'm like, what I mean is that if they're, if they're getting 5% from this company, what it's, it's, we live in a world where it's never going to be a monopoly. There's never just going to be one company that does it all. Like there's always gonna be a competitor. 
so that's what I'm like waiting on to, to make some movement. Like if I hear about a competitor coming, that's what I'm going to sell most of my stuff. Cause I want more. Cause like we just talked about the website's been crashing. They're, they're understaffed. It's not their fault. They didn't know yeah. it was going to be like this early they're in on. Beta. They admit exactly. Beta. Yeah. Exactly. And it's, it's just one of those where it's like, I, I'm like, I'm trying to tell people, like I have friends reach out to me. They want to get in on it. I said, don't I, like, cause they're stressing. They're not getting packs because they keep missing out or like they get timed out or whatever the site won't open or whatever is going on. And that's my whole point. Like you just said is the NBA is going to want more revenue streams. They're going to want another 5% from a different company. So that's what like, I'm getting in on it, but I wouldn't like people are freaking out and missing it, missing out on these packs and everything like that. I just think that like you're talking right now, the long term of this, that's the interesting thing to watch because things are going to start popping up here. Simon, you mentioned people freaking out. I'm freaking out. Okay. <laughs> I have tried to buy, I have tried to get into this market a few different times. Uh, and by the way, I tried getting in with Zach Levine. I wanted a Zach Levine dunk that about two weeks ago, I think it was going for 150 bucks. I decided at the time, I'm like, what? I don't even know what I'm buying here. Like, I didn't know enough. I hadn't researched it. And like, I, I didn't, hadn't spent time with the marketplace at all. And there's a couple things. One, I've discovered that I actually like the digital highlights better than the physical card. Oh, I can watch them over and over again. <laughs> like, I, to me, I watch highlights. I see different things. I love it in slow motion. I think the way they package it really well. I like sort of that feeling. But then I went back. And it was going for three ninety seven, and it was going for three ninety seven. Uh, Jack, you mentioned it like there was a run where he had a he was playing like in primetime games. It was three ninety seven the night of that Celtics game. I tried to buy it in the middle of that game. He was going for I think forty, and um, the marketplace was down. It was so frustrating. And I knew by the time I woke up, it would come back up at the marketplace, and the card would be gone. Sure enough, I tried to get it in the morning. It's already selling for six hundred. Then I tried to buy a Thaddeus Young dunk for four hundred. The payment didn't process. It didn't process. I tried again. It was now selling for six hundred. It's been very frustrating as a consumer. It it has been, and um, I think it's funny because I was earlier, and I've actually been put through. They call them stress tests because the the site was crashing so much. Uh, There's so many issues. There are still so many issues with the site. But once again, it, there's two sides to every coin, right? Like it's, it's an extremely frustrating experience. And then I always say, and look at the demand, right? Like if anyone comes with that experience, nine, 99 products out of 100, they're never coming back. I mean, imagine every time someone came to Action Network's website, if it was down, you, you would never have people returning. They would go somewhere else. With Top Shot, the demand is so insane. It's insane. So uh, right now, Dude, get me into the fucking market. Help me figure out what I'm buying. Like, what am I looking for? How do I define value? All those things. The marketplace is up right now. It, yeah. It's it's functioning. Like, I, it, what am I buying here? He already told you. It's simple. You're just looking for the players that are going to have, like, if you're trying to buy and sell like he's doing, you're just looking for matchups and, like, scheduling. So you're looking at what players have upcoming primetime games, all these different things, like, like his whole point, if you're into this, you can make good money right now doing this. If you're able to read the market right, because like you said, if you know when to hold and when to sell, this is like crazy how much money you're able to make in a short amount of time. So I, I'm definitely with him on this, that it's it's one of those where it's like, I have a couple of superstars. I'm in no rush to sell it. I'm just going to hold it and let the market dictate itself. Because it seems like the longer you hold, the more these things keep going up. I have a lot of respect for what Simon did. 
because uh, even if you don't get it or you don't think maybe long term, everyone who was saying it's a bubble, it's a pump and dump. Okay, so why wouldn't you just get in the pump if that's what you think and then just make money? Like people are funny. So um, what are we looking at uh, to Simon's point to Chad's question today? The all star reserves come out. So I've been kind of tweeting about how I think that's going to have a nice price movement on some players. So if you're sharp and I think you can use the betting nods to actually influence you in these decisions, what are, who's a player that maybe the market doesn't think is going to get that all-star nod. It gets announced on national TV tonight. And then you kind of see them, people are like, Oh shit, he's a really good player. And then you go, and then his price is 10, 20, 30% higher. I don't know. You tell me this thing's not coming out until later. So like it, we could look like geniuses, but I could buy it right now. What is, so what's your price range? So I'll give people a good example of how I normally do this. So people are always like, what do I buy? So first of all, you need to give me a price range. So I take that price range. I go to the marketplace. Uh, there's a tab that says price lowest ask. So I type that in and then I sort by lowest ask descending. So that's going to give you the top moments uh, at that price. So give me a price range and I'll, I'll rattle off some, some moments and we'll talk through them. I have, um, $600 in my account right now. So I would happily spend that on one or I would split it up. Let's say I would do two for $300. Okay. All right. Well, let's start it. I mean, I have said admittedly that I think, um, the best strategy has been having multiple moments. I personally try and get as many singular moments you'll see in like a bunch of the top accounts, they have thousands. I only have a little under 300. So a couple that, that stand out to me. Um, so bonus, you can get his first moment for 600 bucks right now. I think he could and will squeeze into the all-star reserves today, but it is, it's not clear at this time. There's 4,000 of those that were ever minted. It's his first moment. Um, so that one's listed at 599. Another, another player that I think is pretty interesting at 600 is Draymond. Um, there's a lot of players out there right now that are, their careers headed in the wrong direction. And I like to talk about them as if they actually retired tomorrow, would their value increase? Like if uh, Zion retired tomorrow, his value would obviously drop off a cliff. But if Chris Paul retired, his value would actually go up. If Russell Westbrook retired, his value would actually go up. So while his play is descending, his career as a whole. So Draymond's another one of those where I just think he's got multiple rings. Everyone knows how great he is. And that one, there's only 1,500 of. So he's an interesting one. So I'll check you out right now. Uh, yeah, and he only has three moments on the platform and only 1,500 in Series 1. So that's actually a really intriguing one because it's first of the first. Um, other other potential moments, you've got a DeRozan, Zubats, Mello is right there. Another perfect example yep. of a player who, if he retired tomorrow, would, would probably tick up. People love Carmelo. And then you kind of count. And then the other players in that territory are like Zion, Series 2, 15,000 of them. So would you rather own a Series 1, which is like the rookie card of them on the platform, or would you rather own a player like Zion where his potential is through the roof? Um, you do have a good, I mean, not a good rookie. You have a rookie in this tier, which is Obi Toppin. I'm definitely, I favor him because he's a Nick. But one of the things people 
aren't really accounting for is they haven't even released a bunch of the new rookies that are going to come out. So Toppin could play tonight against the Warriors. He could score 20, set a career high, and that could skyrocket to 900 bucks. Or they could decide in three days they're releasing Emmanuel Quickly's moment, and now the Knicks market is kind of split in half. So um, those are options. Carl Anthony Towns is there. DeAndre Ayton, Porzingis, Kevin Durant. That's a series two one, and there's 15,000 of those. Tyrese Maxey. So I think it's it's up to you whether you want to go the strategy of a, a major potential play on a Zion or a Toppin or get one of those guys who's you know more solidified in the league. Simon, what do you think? Uh, I mean, I like his I like his risk and like upside play on like you trying to get a head start and these players get into the All Star game. Um, what I was thinking when you were talking there is, uh, what are they? When are they going to start doing other sports like MLB, NFL? Like, is is Top Shop? Are, are they are they getting in on that whole thing? Yeah. So Dapper is inked a deal with the UFC, which will be a pretty interesting one because it's not team centric; it's strictly player centric. That one's been announced. The rumors are that the NFL has actually made significant process progress with Dapper. Um, that one has not been publicly announced or is, I do not have confirmation of it, but them and the MLB, what's interesting about the NFL being a part of it is they've always been so protective about their rights. Like NBA has always been a free flowing thing. They've said YouTubers use it, social media, NFL is protect the shield. So for them to take this jump, um, I think they're getting a little FOMO on the amount of money the NBA is probably reaping in from this stuff. And it's, it's a good question. Like, I think what you were saying is other people are going to try and do deals with the NBA, NFL, et cetera. But does Dapper have a first mover advantage and they understand how all this stuff works. They're going through all the testing, right? Like you can only run them for so much. So even if you're, you're wondering, uh, will another, company work with the league in the next couple of years, that's still 24 months. And with the speed of all of this, it might be a safer play than maybe, maybe you're perceiving. Yeah. Cause I, I love the idea of the NFL, just like the fact that you could have hits and like touchdowns and everything yeah. like that. Like that's going to be a really big seller for them, especially in the younger kids. Absolutely. I think I'm uh I would like to buy it right now, but I can't because they're not allowing transactions. I can look at the marketplace, but I can't transact anything. Yeah. Um, really? I'm on here right now. Let me see. Yeah. No, it's, it's locked down it's right down? now. Yeah. yeah. Um, they, they're prepping. Uh, the rumors are that they're prepping for all-star weekend. So they're trying to get as much stuff. And then the all-star reserve stuff they expect. Uh, my guess is that um, I don't know if you watch NBA on TNT, but Adam Lefko is the host. Adam Lefko has gone on Clubhouse before. He said that D. Wade, Shaq, Candace Parker, well aware of Top Shot. That was a couple of weeks ago. The $208,000 purchase was uh, Adam Lefko was involved. So it would not shock me if tonight was some national publicity for NBA Top Shot. Um, and I think they may be preparing for that. That would be my guess. All right, so I got to get some bonus sometime between now and NBA on TNT tonight. I basically can't do anything else for the next seven hours. I think that it'll be up before that. That would be my guess. It would be a huge miss for them if it wasn't. Um, So I think you'll be good to go. They're using these couple hours to kind of fix up the site, get it ready. Um, But I think you'll be able to go Sabonis. I think that'll be a fun one to look at. Let me look at his price action. We are in the middle of a tiny dip, so that's good because Sabonis uh, at three 
three in the morning was selling for 700 bucks. So you got a little 15% dip that you're buying into right now. You're, you're, look, you're talking about the dunk, the common from the base set. Uh, right now it's uh, 39.99 is the serial number. Uh, 39. That's correct. And if you actually, what's funny about this is we didn't even look at the moment itself, right? Before I even decided. Isn't that we just amazing? Really, yeah. We looked at the player, but if you go click the moment, it's actually a poster dunk. It's it's probably Sabonis's best play of his it career. Is. It's crazy. And now all of a sudden I have to buy it. If I don't right. buy it, I am going to be so upset. <laughs> Uh, and that's how right. they, that's how they, that's how this thing is winning. Like that's how they're getting people because people are seeing a number and they're saying, "Oh, it's so much." But like someone like me, especially like I have Bitcoin too, dude. And like I don't mind moving Bitcoin because I know I always can buy more. Like I, right. I live for buy the dip. Like that's like literally been my life motto for like three years now. Yeah. But it's one of these things where that's why I like like this whole platform is I'm buying it with crypto. Like. I like that I'm buying something with crypto that's also crypto. And it's like, like you're talking about the younger generation. These are things we like. We like, um, we like the crypto movement. And people that have crypto like spend it on other things that are crypto. So that's why, like, again, I, I do like the legs that this company has. And Chad, one of one thing you'll love, because you're a little older than me. Um, there's you. been, there, <laughs> I always have to get that in there. There's been uh, confirmed reports that they're going to, um, you were talking about Simon, the vintage stuff. So they only have one set that has ever been vintage plays. It's called the run it back set, but they've actually said they're going to release stuff in black and white from like George Mike and, and crazy shit like that. Um, so you'll have the black and white to now till I saw someone talking about like in 10 years when every NBA game shot in 8k will the 4k that we're looking at the LeBron now look like, like mint kind of vintage, kind of like, you know, the appeal to the Mickey Mantle or the Jordan is that it's existed for a long time. You can't mess these things up. They're digital, but if the quality is lower, could that actually add value to it? Just, just crazy. All right. Jack Settlement, <laughs> top shot, investor, extraordinaire, influencer, extraordinaire, snapback sports, former action network, genius who turned his back on us but that doesn't matter because you know we love him anyways great stuff i'm super excited to see what happens i want to get my demontis sabonis and if it doesn't go up i'm gonna send you a bill and that's totally cool because you can afford it because you flourished since you left us at action network in your first job when we were the ones who gave you your first chance um Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. We want everyone to stick around because, uh, like I said, Ravel has an interview with Roham Garagoslu, who is the CEO of Dapper Labs, which owns Top Shot. So much cool stuff there. Listen to this interview right now. All right. And joining us now is Roham Garagoslu, who is the CEO of Dapper Labs, the parent company of NBA Top Shot. Roham, how are you? I'm doing awesome. Thank you for having me. The last time we talked, your company had done like maybe like 20 million total. And now you're, you've done 63 million in the last 30 days. What happened? I mean, you know, we had, we had a couple of uh, awesome groups of folks find us. I mean, we're still super early. It's still about 50,000 users or so. And we've turned off all the marketing while our servers under the control, under control. But, you know, I think, I think a good few thousand of those uh, 50,000 came from you. So, so we appreciate it. I think some some people also came from the marketplace and the realization that first a $35,000 highlight, then a $47,500 highlight, and then 100000 
why did this happen like this? Obviously, there's a whole lot of heat around the market, crypto, memorabilia. Is this all part of one world? It's related in some ways, but I think Top Shot is, is a breed apart because we're not trying to do a sort of big speculative thing. We're trying to build something for the long term. And, and you know, those big headline numbers get the, get, get the headlines, but majority of Top Shot transactions, and I think half of the dollars are in, in uh, transactions less than 50 bucks. And that's what makes Top Shot special because it brings the best parts of trading cards, opening packs, trading with your friends, that sort of thing, but no friction, right? You can sell something that's worth a dollar for a dollar. You, you, you pay five cents in fees um, and that's it rather than having to you know figure out posting and rating agencies and, and all these sorts of things. Yeah, there is a huge ramp up to figuring this out, especially if you're not in crypto, right? You sit, you tell someone, well, it's blockchain, but it's non-fungible token, which means that you're, you, you don't have to pay in crypto. You can pay in dollars. In fact, you might not notice it. What you do need to know is that it's blockchain by security, right? So that, that's the key that you tell people, right? Well, I, I actually try not to talk about the blockchain part. I, I say that what you need to do to what you need to have to be good at NBA Top Shot is to be good at basketball. You need basketball knowledge. You need trading card knowledge. You need to know sort of what's going to be valued by collectors. You don't need to understand anything about crypto um, or blockchain. And in fact, you know, most of our users are now coming in using only credit cards. They're not cryptocurrency users. Um, and that's that's sort of what we like about it. You have to have the faith, though, in the blockchain, right? Because you have your own blockchain flow here. So you do have to have faith and trust that it is legit and one of 49 is one of 49 traceable to that person specifically. Well, in a sense, but the benefit is you have the transparency of the market. And so you don't have to believe you can look at at this point, six months of trading history, and you can see that, you know, tens of thousands of other people are valuing these cards at different prices. Um, and those prices make sense based on what happens in the real world. It's a dynamic market where there's clearly sort of now transparency and market history. Um, now, that transparency and market history is all because of the blockchain, because it's, you know, nobody can, can actually hide any of that information. Uh, but, you know, there's a half a dozen websites now where you can analyze different aspects of your account and, and all these things. And so people don't need to know it's on blockchain. They can just get the benefits of it. Most of our uh, users sort of think of them as just trading cards. So you don't own the rights to the photo on the card. You own the card. And in this case, you own the top shot. You don't you don't own the underlying video. You know, you're still technically in beta while doing 63 million in revenue over 30 days. So how are you, how are you doing the whole kind of push pull of being in beta? Yeah testing and at the same time being as mature as you've become? Um, to be clear, the 63 million is actually peer-to-peer -peer, uh, trading between players. Our revenue over that period has been about 10 million bucks, but you know, still- That's the primary sales of packs. Primary sales of packs plus a transaction fee um, on the marketplace, which gives the NBA kind of you know a long tail revenue uh, stream from sort of secondary sales, which they don't have on um, traditional trading trade. cards. As long as it happens on the marketplace, they keep getting secondary sales money, correct? As well as the players. Yep, absolutely. As well as the players, yeah, because it's counted as as basketball related income. So on Monday, you have you're going to put out these packs, these thirty thousand packs or so. Then you push it back. Then you push it back. How yeah, patient yeah. are people? People are not patient, but you know, I get it. Like this is, this is people's money. We, we respect that. And it's not just their money. It's their fandom. Like people are emotional about their sport. They're emotional about, you know, their, their, the things they're passionate about. So, so I totally get it. I mean, we're doing our best in terms of 
messaging and saying, hey, we are in beta. These kinds of problems happen. When problems happen, we try to make it up to folks. We uh, airdropped a gift pack to every user that that uh, had had been active on the marketplace and had moments in their account. So we're and because we're not out of beta, we're going to keep doing things like that. So I'm very confident people are going to be happy when sort of all's all said and done. But emotions run high, um, and we're just trying to do our best to be empathetic and um, at my level to also support my team because you know our, the, the team's the most important thing to us and. Uh, you know, it's a lot of pressure to deal with, but I think, you know, we totally get it. Like it's, it's important to people. We're in it for the long haul and we're going to get people's trust and, and we're going to keep it. But I got to say like the other part is, you know, we're overwhelmed on support. We've 10X the support team. We're overwhelmed on, uh, you know, just sort of the identity checks and things like that. But, you know, it's not our first business. It's not our team's first time working together. We, we know what we're doing and uh, we're getting a handle around it. What is the future here? Does Ambi restrict in any way? Can you just drop a pack, you know, with a one of one or a one of three? Yeah, we have um, one of threes and one of ones minted. There's 150 total one of ones. They're actually the 150 first tokens minted on the Flow blockchain, even before the Flow token, are the 150 one of ones. Um, and so it's just a question of when we release those. We kind of want it to be out of beta, so they're mo- more accessible to sort of everybody. Um, and then the three of threes, we also want to make sure like the player gets a piece of it. So how cool would it be if uh, if every player got uh, one of their one of threes effectively becoming a two of two? So we're sort of thinking through what are the mechanics there and are packs the right way or are auctions the right way? Uh, many long-term collectors prefer auctions, whereas, you know, packs are sort of a, you know, hoping for a LeBron kind of moment sometimes. So we're, we're still investigating the best way to do that. How big of a moment is it for you that, that, uh, Heritage Auctions and Golden Auctions have each put a, a highlight up for auction in their, you know, legitimate auction. I mean, that to me, it seems like that happened way faster than I thought it would, that a digital highlight is being sold in a very physical auction marketplace. Yeah, I mean, I think it's super cool. We love those guys. And, and I think that, that I think there's so much potential for collaboration or like drops that, that cross over physical and uh, digital memorabilia. But I don't think I'm, I was surprised. I mean, we, we did a Christie's auction back in 2018 for a CryptoKitty. Like it's, it's impossible in 2021 to bet against digital. People are starting to understand that. What is it like on the inside, outside pressure? Are you sleeping? Are you eating? I appropriately sleep deprived is I think how I would describe it. You know, it's been super exciting. Obviously, you know, we've waited a long time for this moment. We worked super hard for, for, for this moment. So um, we're working hard trying to, you know, both capitalize, but also sort of deliver on customer expectations. So yeah, all kinds of people are calling me from obviously all the major sports leagues to every celebrity you can think of. And we're just trying to do, you know, the right thing for our users and trying to prioritize really because, I think we're at the very earliest stages of what digital assets can do. Most people still don't understand the huge sort of long-term potential here. They see the dollar signs. And so where, where all of this is taking us is assets that, you know, are owned by the people that pay for them, you know, software that is controlled by the people that use it. You know, if you're part of a social network and, and you add value to it, you should be able to accrue that value. There's a lot of critics, right? There's a lot of people who love. There's a lot of people who don't understand. There's a lot of people who bash. Some critics say that you own a a ton of the highlights, you know, like I think like $5 million worth right now. What is your answer to whether that's a conflict or not? 
I mean, I think that it's a valid question. My account name is Roham, so I'm clearly not hiding. The, the benefit is it's, it's blockchain, it's transparency, everything's out there. Everyone can audit all of my purchase history, everything I bought on the marketplace, everything I opened in a pack. And the reality is, you know, six months ago, we were talking to investors, we were talking to you know, other IP owners, and everyone kind of, you know, people didn't, people didn't even know that this was going to be a thing, right? It was a it was a bet. You know, we we're lucky that we have people like Fred Wilson and others that, that deeply believe in the, the future we're building. But to be frank, you know, I had to understand this product that we built. And it took many months of myself using it, our team using it, being part of the, the community like day in, day out, you know, being sort of competing on a even terrain. And back then, you know, packs were available for days, not a second. So, so it wasn't like we were sort of taking someone else's spot. We were trying to understand our own product. And then since, you know, it became a contentious thing, I stopped trading. Um, we're going to put out a statement on, you know, what's our sort of employee account policy. Me personally, I consider it sort of like Satoshi's wallet. That's the original, the original crypto we're guy, whoever he is, yeah. right? The, the founder of Bitcoin. And, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm being facetious. I don't mean to right. be that presumptuous. It's either you're going to hold on to it forever and not trade it, or you're going to get divest all of it, but you're not actively in and out of trading anymore. Precisely. And if we can figure out a way where um, it makes sense for, I mean, there's some ideas around fractionalization. Can the community get an ownership and then they want me to play it and actually be kind of active. But, you know, we want to do what's the, you know, the, the big at the big picture here is what's important to us. So there's no way we'd be here if, if the team hadn't been able to play the product. You know, this was hard. This was a, it still is hard in the sense of, you know, managing an open economy is a new thing, but I think we've figured out the pieces now and can sort of step back a little bit. I've heard conflicting reports about how long the deal is and then like whether the NBA can stop it. So can you tell me anything about that? Or at least are there any plans to open up previous years or is it only going to be here going forward? On the deal terms are confidential, but I can say I, I want to work with the league to announce it. I think it's totally valid for people to know. But both the league and us, we look at this as a multi-decade relationship. We're building a trading cards have been around for hundred years. These things should be around for way longer. And so that's, that's sort of the mentality we have building it. The reason they're on the blockchain is because highlights and sort of these videos are so valuable to the NBA. They can't just put them in a video game that belongs to somebody else or have them as like digital stickers on Instagram or something. The point of them being on the blockchain is worst case. Let's say Dapper Labs next year says, Hey, you know what? We're just going to work with the NFL. We're not even going to, we don't even want to do basketball. Well, the NBA can spin up an NBA top shot by themselves or with another developer and essentially honor all of the past uh, collectors um, assets. And that's what they want to do. They want this to be more like jerseys and trading cards and signed basketballs where they can work with different manufacturers potentially and sell it. And maybe they're on different marketplaces. And like, I can imagine that a highlight like Michael Jordan dunking in the 1988 dunk contest, like if a highlight was crazy. Now we did see the, the LeBron Kobe tribute. That's an amazing highlight. And that was a one that resold for 47,000 bucks. So like, are you looking for great past highlights? Can that be introduced as part of this deal? It can, absolutely. It's definitely part of the deal. But the idea is it would be super easy for us to take the most iconic moments in history and, and sort of turn them into collectibles and sell. We wanted to first start with, what about everyday games? What about what's happening right now? Can, can we extract the most iconic moments there? Because that's actually a much richer field and it's, it sort of happens all the time. Of course, we can go in the past. We've done one run back set from 2013, but we don't want to do the things we know will appeal to a billion NBA fans. 
until we can handle a billion NBA fans. That that's really the mindset. Is is you know I think we do want to have some awesome content for beta users, but you know the kinds of things you're you're sort of uh, talking about is uh, is you know minimum six months away, probably probably longer. What can you tell me is next? I mean, I think the expectation should be we're gonna uh, go hard on NBA until um, it's out of beta. What determines the timeline in beta? A, you know, infrastructure, stability, and reliability that we're getting there ASAP. It's our support timelines. We've got to get back to people within 24 hours. Like this, that's it's any more than that is not acceptable. And then all of the identity checks, withdrawals, all these things have to be within 24 hours. Everything's got to be the way a normal customer would expect it to be because they, people get angry otherwise and, and they're sort of confused what's happening to their money. Why is anyone answering a question? We have to follow a certain set of guidelines for every single user, look at their source of funds, run fraud checks on their credit cards, look at their source of crypto, do, do these anti-money laundering checks. Like literally until recently, it was one person and her job, her main job was being the head of product. It's- this thing happens so fast. There's only so much that you can expect from a business. And, you know, so I get that part completely. I mean, now it's a full team. So it's, it's, it's five, six people, a few contractors. We have outside um, uh, firms that are ramping up, but it takes, I mean, it takes at least two weeks, right? We barely had a month to sort of ramp up. And, and this is basically on a marketplace transaction, let's say. Right. Yeah, because because it's credit cards and and you know people can come in with you know stolen credit cards. People can and it's peer to peer, so you can two people can come in from different parts of the world and have a transaction. We have to look at both of those people. We have to do all of the traditional you know compliance checks, and uh, it just takes takes effort. To be clear, money can change hands on the platform really easily. It's when people want to withdraw it out of the platform that we have to sort of do the, uh, hey, this identity check and are you a real person? Are you from a sanctioned country? And and there are you know limits of if you spend X amount, it sort of kicks in and says, usually use your phone and just verify your identity. Most of the time, it's seamless. It doesn't have a human intervention and it sort of happens quickly. But you know, someone's driver's license expired because it's COVID and you know the, the software kicks off, hey, it's expired. And so a human needs to step in and it, it just takes uh, a lot of bandwidth. So there's solved problems by other organizations and um, we're, we're in really good shape kind of getting handle around them. Roham Gargazlu, the uh, CEO of Dapper Labs, parent company of Top Shot. Hey, uh, there's no one hotter than you, baby. Keep going. Hey, thank you very much for your help and your support. And, and great to be on here. All right. Thanks to Darren. Thanks to Roham. Thanks to Jack Settlement. Thanks to Simon Hunter. This has been The Favorites from the Action Network. Download it. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time. Love you.